Hi, I'm Greg Yellen with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. Today's a really fun episode. I get to talk with Armando Pinales, the assistant sales manager at Manhattan Beach Toyota. Um, really excited about this one. Armando has really spearheaded accessory sales at, at this Toyota dealership out uh, kind of LA area. And I'm interested in talking with him because it seems like everybody's tried accessories um, and most have, have uh, either had moderate t- uh, success or pretty poor success. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conversation, understanding how to uh, knock it out of the park. So Armando, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me. You're welcome. Uh, nice to be here. Yep, absolutely. So um, I guess to start, you know, setting the table a little bit, obviously, we're at a place right now where um, in the front end of the store, when you're selling a car, margins are starting to come back down to reality, right? Um, and we're looking at uh, interest rates going up. So it's it's getting more difficult to get a decent spread on financing. So a lot of people are looking for ways to maintain as much, you know, as much profitability as possible um, so that we don't come into this, this big downward slope when it comes to, to profit. Uh, you guys and, and you specifically have really dug into accessories. So I guess let's just start with what kind of an impact has it had for you? You've been doing it for a while now. Uh, it's not something that you just started. So what types of results are you seeing? Um, how much are you doing? And what, I guess basically just start with what impact it's had for, for you and the dealership. Um, impact, uh, number wise, uh, it's pretty amazing. Just last two months ago, we did 70 grand. This past wow. month, we just ended with uh, a little close to 60. So I think it's impacting number-wise with the dealership um, a lot. Yeah, and on how many cars is that? Uh, about 100, 150, I'd say. Okay. All right. So, I mean, pretty decent volume, but that's that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of revenue. Because, I mean, what's that work out to per car? I mean. Uh, per car, looking at average about five, $600 per, per car. Yeah, it's it's pretty significant. I mean, it's not just floor mats, right? <laughs> no, it's it ranges from like wheel locks to emblems to exhaust systems. So just depending on you know the person what they plan on using the vehicle for. So. Yeah, so with with you, so 100 to 150 cars is that all new, or are you doing it with used as well? We're doing with both uh, new and also uh, used vehicles. Okay. So I, I gotta ask, maybe maybe it's an obvious question, maybe it's not, but you're you're selling Toyotas for the most part, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not like uh, a Jeep or a Subaru where there's you know, these these massive um, outpourings of everybody wants to accessorize in some way, shape, or form, right? You don't you never see a, a Jeep Gladiator that's stock, right? Every one of them's got big wheels and tires on it, it's jacked up. Um, but a Camry, you do see a lot of those stocks. So I guess talk to me a little bit about you know what what are people buying at five and six hundred dollars per you know per vehicle you said anything from emblems to exhaust systems but you know what's an average one look like because it does i don't know it stands out to me that that you're a very mainstream dealer but you're selling a ton of accessories um so what what's that typically look like yeah um just the top three categories uh starting this year uh the number one would be locking the wheels so LR wheel locks is very popular another thing that's becoming popular this year would be the uh, catalytic converters you know, average price ticket on those is about seven, eight hundred dollars. And then um, third is coming in with Cali conversions with, you know, trucks that's lifted up higher up the ground. So that's becoming very popular right now. OK, so with uh, with lifts, are you seeing that, um, you know, truck and SUV kind of all, all light trucks? Is that a, does that kind of fit in together there? Yeah, we do lifts. We actually just did one uh, Saturday. 
Um, but uh, yeah, if people can buy a truck, they're going to lift it. Might as well do it here at the, at the dealership. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, all right. So again, most people have, are trying or have tried accessories in the past, right? So what are you doing maybe that, uh, you think is different? And obviously you guys are using add on auto, which is one of our products. So we appreciate that. But regardless of, of the, the software you're using or the product you're using, walk through, I guess, a little bit of the process and what that looks like. Cause that's, that's obviously what you're driving and where the discipline comes in and where you actually sell, right? So walk through the process. How are you doing it? Sure. Uh, well, obviously, the add-on auto program is is wonderful. It's great. Works seamless with with our system. But I, I think some people like to be visual. They like to see it. I think that's one of the problems with other dealerships. I think that they may have. So what I've created was uh, pictures. You know, people like to see. I have pictures. They see it. <clears throat> this is the item. This is the benefit. But processes. Once the vehicle is sold, once the customer says, you know, I want to buy the vehicle. Sales rep gets all the paperwork into the sales manager's um, area. I go in um, while they're waiting to go into finance, you know, while they're excited about the vehicle. I kind of look at what vehicle they have so I can kind of know, okay, if they have tinted windows, maybe they're going to want tinted windows. If they have a Jeep Wrangler, they're getting a Forerunner, they have, they have larger tires, maybe suggest, hey, you know what, you have this on your Jeep, on the Forerunner, we do offer rims. So the process is while they're waiting to go into the uh, business office, I load up the uh, add-on auto program. And the good thing about that system, it is web-based. So I don't have to be stationed in my desk. I can go to their desk. I can do it on a laptop, iPad. So I just present, you know, I pull up the spec sheet of the vehicle and I go over what's on the vehicle. And then I go into the presentation on what's not on the vehicle. And I just select, you know, all the items that's not on it. I just let them lightly know, hey, look, it's an option. You don't have to select anything. And at the end, I'll pull up a shopping cart. You can pick and choose. So as I load everything up, yeah, on the items that's not on the vehicle, and I just add some at the end of them, if at all, which one would you prefer? And more times than enough, you know, they select one and I just kind of go on to the next one. Well, do you want one? What? You know, we'll say the locks or you want me to remove them and uh, we just kind of go down the list and by the end of the presentation we'll have three or four items on the card and put out this sheet and they sign it up and we order and then install it nice nice so for you then you said order it right then um you're not keeping an inventory so you don't have a big inventory of accessories that you have to manage and uh that's that's in the store you're going to order pretty much everything yeah um the service uh person uh we have a signed person that orders it uh the day after and they communicate the parts <laughs> they order the items they communicate back to that service person and once all the items are in we call them in for the appointment good good now are you doing primarily toyota parts like oem parts or are you doing aftermarket parts or a mix of both what are you what are you doing a uh, mix of both but a high percentage okay. will be oem toyota um a small percentage, I'd say maybe 10, 15 percent. We go out uh, third party like tent, um, leather, heated seats, uh, parking sensors. We do have another third party that does that. So about three or four different vendors. OK, that makes sense. Now, do you do you actually outsource it and send it to somebody else to do or are you just purchasing the, the, the items, purchasing the, the parts from them and then you install it in house on those items? Uh, we would source them out, and they would come to the dealership and provide the uh, 
the parts that they would okay. have here at the dealership. Got it. Um, all right, well, talk to me a little bit too. So you're presenting uh, basically to every customer, right? Yes. So everybody that buys a car, new or used, you're talking to them after they buy the car? Yes. Okay. All right, so talk to me a little bit then about financing, because this is one that seems to to be a sticking point at, at times, right? So if somebody's financing, maybe they're, they can only put a couple grand down or something like that. Like, so if they're financing a large, large portion of the purchase, um, and then you're, you're saying, all right, Hey, here's another thousand bucks or something like that. Right. Are you, are you typically rolling that into the finance deal or are they paying cash using a credit card? What do you see usually happening there? Yeah, I'd say, well, they have the option and uh, a high percentage would rather roll into their, their payment. A lot of people don't want to, you know, pay cash, but sure. a small percent don't want to pay separate, which is fine. Uh, when we go through the add-on auto presentation, it does show if it's a lease, it'll show a dip in, in payment in finance. It'll show that difference. So they have that option. I do let them know you, you don't have to roll into their payment. You can pay partial or all of it separate. That's solely up to you know the customer. Yeah. Have you run into issues at all with financing above above the value of the vehicle? Oh, yeah. Um, there's sometimes where they, it, I, I can't do the presentation because, you know, they won't get approved. But right. I, I still go in because sometimes, you know, they would pay separate. So they have that option. Hey, I can't finance it because of, you know, the percentage. So they end up paying separate. So I found that um, some people are doing that as well. But you're not pre-qualifying them. I mean, you're still presenting, even if you know that they're kind of maxed out on what they're going to be able to, to loan. No, not um, pre-qualifying, not at all. I mean, yeah, yeah it's just because they can't get approved doesn't mean they 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 won't pay separate. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a minute ago lease. Um, I hadn't really thought about that until you just said it, but what percentage of vehicles that you guys are doing are lease versus uh, finance or cash or whatever? Hmm. Lease versus retail. Okay. Uh, I Financing is a lot of people are financing more. So I'd sure. say maybe 20%, 30% leasing versus finance, I'd say. Okay. Now, do you have, um, do you do you notice a different penetration on accessories on lease versus retail? And, and I just asked because, right, so at least a lease customer, they don't, they don't own the car, right? Are they, are they right. more hesitant to, uh, to put something else on it? A little hesitant, uh, but people do still, you know, purchase accessories and be leasing it. The only problem is it just doesn't residualize. So when they factor into their payment, it kind of goes up a little higher than normal would it be um, on, on a finance. Okay. Um, but again, you're you're asking every time regardless, right? Let them let them Absolutely. make the decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like uh, Saturday, we had a person who leased a RAV4 Prime. And okay. their people who lease are kind of hesitant. But right now with that, you know, they want this catalytic converter shield. So he had no problem, you know, uh, rolling that into uh, his payment when he's leasing it. That makes sense. That makes sense. So how do you make sure to, I guess, what's your, <laughs> what's your talk track to make a person more comfortable with the idea of adding something to a leased vehicle? Um, you know, because selling is all about education, right? You're, you're educating them on the products, but I have to imagine one of those big pushbacks is, well, like, why am I going to accessorize this thing when I'm going to give it back to you in two years? Or am I even allowed to accessorize it, uh, you know, per the, the lease contract? So what, how do you, how do you go about educating them that, yeah, it's okay and you should do it? 
Yeah, so people are they're hesitant with, hey, uh, if I lease the vehicle, um, if I add this to it, do I need to remove it? But uh, that seems to be you know not a problem. You know, we receive a lot of leases with you know tinted windows or any or other things that they add to it. But I don't see that's a that's a problem with them uh, returning it. But they're not hesitant at all. You know, uh, the percentage isn't as high as a finance buyer or a cash buyer, but there's people who still lease a vehicle, they still want to personalize their vehicle. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, all right, so so coming back around, you, you are the man at your dealership, right? You're, you're the one that sells accessories on every car, correct? That's correct. Okay, now I'm imagining, you know, at 100 to 150 a month, you're pretty busy, but do you ever... Do you ever try to sell in the service department too? Like, do you ever go back there? You know, somebody's waiting. Hey, I saw you pull in. Um, you ever thought about what fill in the blank, right? These these fender flares or, or something. Um, you ever you ever venture back there at all, or do you stay? I mean, are you pretty pretty stacked up and busy during the day where you're in the sales uh, department? Sometimes I do go back there. Actually, you know, I see a vehicle back there. I start chit chatting with them, and then yeah, sometimes it does lead to you know blacking out those emblems. There's definitely an opportunity with customers that go to service drive because they already like the dealership. So right. they're already comfortable with us and you know, nothing wrong with a friendly person coming up and saying, Hey, you have a nice vehicles or anything you want to personalize your vehicle with. But uh, yeah, that is a success, you know, going back there and talking to customers in the service. Nice. Drive. Is there ever any, so when you do that, um, is there ever any friction with, with an advisor or is that advisor kind of getting that on the ticket and they don't care? They're good. They're, hey, if somebody else wants to sell, have at it. Like, <laughs> No, but I can see that, you know, that service writer thinking that behind their head. But no, I haven't had that issue um, with, you know, selling to their customers that are servicing their vehicle. No, not at all. Yeah, well, I, I assume if you're doing that much in accessories every month that they probably like you. Right, you're sending yeah. you're sending work back to them, so there's probably right. a good a good healthy relationship there. I would assume. Yes, I, w- I would agree. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, all right, so sales focus, but get back to service every now and then too. Um, so walk me through, I guess, <clears throat> uh, and maybe this was your decision, maybe it was uh, you know Ron's or GM, but but uh, walk me through how to ensure. So somebody that, that's just not doing accessories today or, you know, they're, they're there, but it's, it's kind of uh yeah, I can put some floor mats in there for you, right? Some, some all weather floor mats. They're, they're not really focused on it. Um, how do you make it a priority? Cause everybody's busy, right? Everybody's, everybody's buried. Nobody's standing around waiting for work to do. Um, so if there's this much money in it, you know, why, why not go after it? And a lot of times the answer is I don't have time. It's a pain in the butt. Um, I don't necessarily know what to do. So how do you, how do you go about prioritizing it? Can you speak to your experience a little bit? Uh, priori- prioritizing uh, selling the accessories. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just think there's an opportunity to make you know a little, little bit of cash. Um, I right. think it helps out you know the customer because if they're going to buy it, you know, might as well you know buy it from the dealership. You know, why lose at you know the you know those you know the accessory sales. Um, if it's important to, you know, my boss, guess what? It's important to me. So pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Um, can you talk a little bit too about, I guess, thinking about the process. So you're, you're kind of the, um, 
the stop before F and I, right? So salesperson, right. they agree to the, the car, they're going to see you, you're going to sell them some accessories and they go into F and I, um, has there been, or is there ever any tension between you and your F and I managers where, cause there is some hesitation at times where, where people are like, especially from the F and I's office's perspective, they're not going to buy product from me because they're spending more money with you, right? They're, they can only, <laughs> they can only buy so much stuff in this car. The car is 40 grand. They're going to buy $2,000 worth of stuff from you. And you're going to eat into, to my, uh, my insurance products, right? Or my aftermarket products. So right. is there ever any friction there? And how do you manage that? How do you navigate that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, uh, the finance manager has that behind their, their mind, same with, you know, the service technician. But I, I think if, if, the, the store manager, the GM, you know, has your back, um, supports you. Uh, I, I think there, there, there wouldn't be any friction and there hasn't been, uh, the finance guys are, you know, they're, they're nice. Um, they understand, Hey, this is a program the dealership wants, wants to make. And I believe we are, uh, all on board with it. No, that's good. Yeah. Just getting everybody. That, that's a good point though, right? Everybody needs to operate under the same expectation. Nobody's right. taking anything away from anybody else. This is, this is our process and this is what we do. So it's almost like, it sounds like at least what I'm hearing is, um, you, you all made a decision and this is how you're going to, this is what your, your full sales process looks like. Forget about selling the car, forget about, you know, F and I like the entire sales process, <clears throat> map it out and everybody's on board and this is how we operate. I mean, is that pretty fair? I would say so. Yeah. I think that's how we get this uh, presentation done. (laughs) Good. Um, So talk to me a little too about, and and not, you know, specifics or anything with, with dollars, but about compensation. So that's one that, that seems to be a sticking point too, right? When somebody wants to get into accessories and you start looking at the margins on accessories, right? How much are you going to actually make on the part? Um, how much you got to make on the labor, putting it on, uh, and then you got to sell some, or you got to pay somebody to sell it, right? Like, <clears throat> how do you, how do you compensate someone or some dealerships try to do it with, with sales reps, right? Where maybe that's a place that people fall apart. I don't know, but did you, did you guys try different variations of selling accessories before landing on what you did? And, and what did those, what did you learn? What did those look like? Yeah, we actually rolled out to the, uh, sales reps, uh, sell each salesperson, they sell the vehicle, we instructed them to, you know, as they're waiting to go into finance, to offer these accessories. It worked out. It worked out a little bit, but um, sales salespeople sometimes they get kind of caught up with taking the vehicle to the back. They kind of forget, kind of lose track of, you know, the importance of what we're trying to accomplish. So we did that a few times. Uh, I think a few times where it kind of started, went down, started went down. And I just kind of mentioned it to to Ron, Ronnie. I was like, hey, look. You know, give me the opportunity. I'll make it work because my background, I've had accessory sales in my previous jobs. I know how important it is, you know, for that customer to get those accessories and getting at the time of purchase. Uh, and I see a high percentage of people accessorizing, you know, that vehicle at the time of purchase. So, you know, in my mind, I already knew, hey, three times, it's always three times, three times. And I'm, I'm going to go in and see what, what effect I can make. And uh, Ronnie gave me that opportunity, and uh, I took the uh, took it the bull by his horns and made sure it worked. That's great. That's great. So talk about three times. What do, what do you mean by that? Expand on that for me. Yeah, I just um, gave the sales reps an opportunity. Hey, look, we're telling you guys, hey, this is what we want you to do. So it, it worked. It didn't work. So that was the first time. So it, we gave it to him again, and it kind of fills out just a little bit. 
third time. So after the third time, I was like, look, and I knew it was important to Ron and Brad. So I was like, look, put me in charge of it. I'll make sure it worked. And um, he gave me the opportunity. And um, and I believe it's uh, working pretty good. Great. Did you ever have any hesitations? So that's that's a big that's I mean you're stepping up, right? And you're kind of putting your that's, name out there, and you're putting your <clears throat> your uh, uh, yeah, you just your, your name and, and kind of your reputation out there, saying, "Hey, I'll I'll do it." And then they say, "Okay, have at it." Um, did you have any hesitations? Were you anxious about that at all? No, at all. Not at all. I mean, <clears throat> as, a, as a salesperson and working at a dealership, you know, this is this is what we do, and I'm thinking it's a pretty easy part of the process. But no hesitation at all. Good, good. And, and you've been in this role now for what, five, six years, something like five, that? Five, six years. Moving, moving yeah. on strong. Yes. <clears throat> That's great. That's great. So um, talk to me a little bit too about preloading. Are you doing any preloads at all or are you just selling after the sale? Um, like like um, putting the accessories on the vehicle and selling it, you know, basically installing the accessories before the vehicle sold. Are you doing any of that? Yes, absolutely. Actually, we have a vehicle that's in, in transit. And some people come from a far distance. So when they come in, you know, they want those accessories installed and not want to come back and drive another X amount of, you know, miles. But yeah, uh, we, we do that. Some, sometimes people prepay. Um, I do have, you know, a dollar. I think last month we did about about three to four thousand that was prepaid prior to the vehicle coming in. But uh, yeah, people are, are, are doing that. They do want to pay up front have those accessories installed uh, prior to uh, picking it up. Nice. But when you do it, then it's all as part of the order, right? You're not going to put accessories on a vehicle and put it on the lot and then wait for somebody to say, I like that one. Um, Everything that you're going to sell accessory wise, the customers has already committed to. Right. Yeah. We, we, we don't have accessories other than when, what it comes with from the factory, but uh, we don't want to, put it on the vehicle, have a second addendum, and kind of rub a customer the wrong way because some people don't really want that and they kind of shy away, end up leaving. So yeah, Brad doesn't want to do that. Same with Ron. You know, presenting it at the time after the purchase, I think is is the best best way to go about it. Yeah, well, especially with somebody like you that's focused on it. I mean, that's it's your job, right? Like this is what you do. You sell accessories all day long. So, and you're good at it. You know what you're doing. You have a process that works. Um, and I think that's really the the key because I think some people will almost fall back on preloading because they, they like the idea of accessories. They like the idea of increasing the margin on the vehicle, right. but um, they, they've, maybe they've tried, you know, having salespeople to your point, like they tried three times trying to get people to sell these things and they can't get it done. So, uh, maybe let's, let's try putting them on before the sale. So, um, no, I, I like that, that you, you, you don't do it honestly. And you kind of take it as, um, as an art to be able to, to help somebody out and sell them on something that they need. I think, you know, you've, you've mentioned a few examples that, um, that really makes sense, right? The catalytic converter shield, that's, an, that's a seemingly easy one, right? With a pretty simple uh, value prop. Um, so I, I like that. Any others that, that stand out to you? You mentioned a few off the top, right? Like wheel locks. Um, you said the, the catalytic converter shield lifts. Mm-hmm. Any others that you've seen pretty consistent success with? Are there any of those kind of layups? Like for me, anytime I buy a vehicle, I always buy all-weather floor mats. I just, I just do. I was just about to it's, say that. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, those are, uh, yeah, those are popular. Those, that's that's definitely a go-to. The all-weather mats, 
And then being with the new vehicle, a lot of people don't like getting dents on their doors when they go to these shopping centers. So the side molding is very important. That becomes a, a, a huge item. Same with the edges of the doors being protected. A lot of people don't like new cars opening up and see a chip mark on it. Um, tint's pretty popular. Um, another thing that's popular is going to be the black now the emblems. You know, that's becoming very yeah. popular. So educate me uh, for for risk of sounding ignorant on this. When you say blacking out the emblems, I mean essentially you're just swapping out the emblem, right? You pop pop the original off, you put a black one on it, or is there more to it than that? Am I what am I, what am I missing? Sure, yeah, it's actually an overlay. So a lot of people okay. think that we remove the emblems, but it's an adhesive overlay that goes over the existing uh, badging. It's a matte black color, and um, I see a lot of other brands doing it, and um, they just getting caught on and a lot of people want their the badges not chromed out anymore so it's changing yeah. the uh, that black what about wheels i'm seeing a lot of black wheels too are you are you seeing yeah. that uh, as, a, as an upgrade option a decent amount yeah uh, we actually um did powder coating rims uh, on a, a rav4 prime which i took pictures of this morning as i walked in but uh, yeah that's very popular even though these these rims are coming like black and half chrome uh, a lot of people want them all, all black and I've been, that's become a big hit. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. So you're doing, you're just doing a powder coating over the top though, rather than selling new, new wheels. Um, you're really doing a powder coating and that I, I assume I could be wrong. Margins are better on that. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, but yeah, no, not many aftermarket rims. A lot of people want to stay with original OEM and plus, you know, the looks of these Toyota rims are pretty darn good looking so powder coating looks looks really nice on these uh, vehicles and they also have pictures to kind of show hey look you can powder coat the rims to black this is what it would look like and you know some people you know want that look yeah yeah no you're right though with uh with factory rims anymore it's they're they're beautiful like they're i, I don't i don't get how there's much of a, a market anymore for aftermarket aftermarket rims and wheels it just you know it used to be way 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 back you know you, you needed something if you wanted something with a little flair there, there wasn't an option from the factory right everything was pretty right. kind of i guess standard looking maybe a little boring uh but in today's world i mean everything looks great so it's <laughs> it's tough to to make it look better without doing something like you're talking about right so how have, um, uh, you know, over over time here, how have customers reacted? Is it um, positive? Are they super excited? Are they grateful? Do they feel like, I, I don't know, what what does that interaction look like? Are you able to get a good read on the customer? Because obviously, you know, they, they go through the buying process. They're excited. They want to buy a car, right? And they land on the car. They get a deal done. There's that feeling of like, all right, it's my car. Um, they go through F and I, depending on the process and depending on the consumer could be, you know, they could come out feeling great. They could come out feeling like, Oh shoot, I'm, I'm running late now. Cause it took a little time. Um, but with that accessories interaction, um, it's a lot of wants in a lot of cases, right? I want it to look prettier. I want it to do this. I want it to do that. Um, so I, I have an assumption, but I want to, I want to hear from you kind of what you see as the reaction from customers having the opportunity to go through this accessories process. Yeah, I'd say there's no hesitation at all. I mean, you'll get that low percent of, you know, person who wants to come in and out of the dealership. But majority of them, you know, they like the presentation. They actually thank me for going over what the vehicle has and what it doesn't have. Because had I not gone over it, they wouldn't know that was available. And, of course, at the time, people are excited. You know, it's a big purchase, you know, next to being, purchasing a house. 
and people want that that vehicle to be part of them. So um, yeah, I'd say they're pretty happy uh, to go over that presentation, to spend that time. And it's not a, a long time; it's about ten minutes max, I'd say, to go over that what's on and what's not, and they end up signing. So um, it's pretty successful when when they're coming in and you know purchasing a vehicle and they're they're happy about it. Yeah, good. And it sounds like it, just kind of looking down as you were talking, I was taking a few notes, obviously, but it sounds like. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a decent percentage, um, certainly it sounds like a majority of what you're selling is more based in functional needs versus just uh, visual looks, right? So when you're talking about uh, security with the wheel locks, you're talking about security with the, the cat guards, you're talking about um, you know, more maintenance, I guess, with the, uh, uh, the, the trim on the doors. Um, so is that, is that fair to say where, and maybe, you know, it's just for people to shift their mindset a little bit, you know, accessories, you naturally think of, you know, a three inch lift and big wheels and tires and, you know, a snorkel and (laughs) all kinds of stuff. Um, but when you're talking through it, it sounds like a much larger percentage of folks, um, you're really just educating on what's out there to solve a problem that they may or may not know that they, that exists. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am solving a problem that they may not know that exists. Like some people don't know, uh, people are taking these catalytic converters. So I just tell them, hey, this is a feature, this is a benefit. So as long as you you know up up the value with the feature and benefit, educate them. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. So do you have a guess, or maybe you know, but what what percentage of your your sales are kind of those um, need based sales versus kind of uh, wants or looks based sales, appearance based sales? Uh, I'd say about 50, 50, I'd say. Really? Okay. 50, I like 50. it. Yeah. And, and what about, um, uh, this is another one that, that I, I, I imagine is going gone down over the years and will continue to, but I'm curious, um, uh, electronics inside the vehicle. So it used to be right when, when we were probably in high school, uh, we got our first car, we had to go out and buy a stereo, right? Cause you didn't want the, uh, the old stock stereo. Uh, but in today's world, you know, the infotainment system is so robust in these vehicles. Um, my assumption is you're probably not selling a lot of electronics in the dash, but I'm curious, are, are you, or are there convenience features interior that you're selling to? Yeah, I think you're right about that. I mean, with the, uh, audio systems with, you know, the Toyotas, they're amazing. You know, whether it has JBL system or not, you do have an electronic uh, equalizer that you can fine tune, you know, that audio system. Uh, yeah, we don't do much of, you know, audio systems. Back in the day, yeah, you're right. You buy a vehicle, you want to change out that hand unit, get a couple of amps, get a subs. But right now, I think the audio system is is right there. There's no need to, to change that out. But there's a very, very small percentage of people who ask about it, but I kind of tend to shy away from that because of, you don't want to cross electrical systems, mess with the safety that's going on with, with Toyota. But yeah, we don't do sound systems. We don't want to get involved with cutting wires, tripping and doing any of that stuff. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was, I was guessing that, but I figured I'd ask because you're, I mean, you're the man, you know, <laughs> you do a lot of these, you do a lot of these. Um, one other thing I just wanted to, to touch base on, um, you know, you had, you had mentioned, or at least uh, I forget who I was talking to, but uh, you guys have some, some execs from Toyota coming to visit, right? To take a look at your process and what you're doing. Yes. 
No, that's that's pretty that's pretty slick. When uh, when will that visit be? Are you excited for that, or is that kind of like a, um, a little nerve wracking? Or I mean, that's that's a big deal. Um, yeah, uh, Terra did come down uh, last month. Uh, they okay. went over some accessories that they thought would work great. Um, but yeah, they did come down, and uh, I did show them the process, and it seemed like they were you know pretty excited about that. But yeah, I'm pretty yeah. impressed that they came down to ask about what we were doing. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's it's a you know a huge tip of the hat to you. It's it's a compliment that uh, you know hopefully you you were able to to take that way because you know if they recognize, especially you said you're selling a lot of Toyota parts, right? So I'm sure they see it, they recognize it, and they see the numbers, and they were probably interested in what the heck you're doing. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, that's that's really neat that you were able to to share that with them, and and uh, hopefully they had a lot to take away too. Yeah. Uh, well, Armando, I definitely appreciate you taking time. What um, what haven't we talked about that we that we should? Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, before we jump off of here? Um, no, I think uh, I think no, I don't have anything else other than you know sell these accessories. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're uh, um, if if anybody should be advocating for it, you obviously you've proven it out. You took a risk. You said, "Give it to me, I'll make it work," and you did. So, um, you know, clearly it takes some some skills, some talent, some hard work. But uh, um, I love it. Yeah, well, I have a lot probably. Um, but you know, you 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 made it happen, and you're still making it happen. So um, love love what you're doing. And in today's world, right, as people are looking at margins kind of dipping down and dipping down from where they were a year or two ago, um, there's an opportunity here. And and you've done a great job clearly over the last handful of years, um, uh, probably more than half of a decade at this point, but uh, uh, making it happen and, and having a big impact for yourself, but also for the store. So, you know, congrats to you. It's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, again, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on. And uh, uh, I guess until next time, you know, have, have a great day. Get back out there on the sales floor. Or go back and check out the service lane to see if you get some more Absolutely. stuff sold. <laughs> All right. Well, Armando Armand Pinales, thank you so much for, uh, for talking and uh, have a great week. You too. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. We'll see you. Well, that was a great conversation with Armando Pinales from Manhattan Beach Toyota. He's doing a great job with accessories. Obviously, we've all probably tried it at some point and had some level of success or, or not. But uh, I think he's a good example of, of, you know, you dedicate yourself to it and put time into it and effort into it. And, uh, and it can have a huge impact for the dealership. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Before we hop off, don't forget you can watch or listen to episodes of Connected on YouTube, Apple or Spotify podcasts. And make sure to hit subscribe so you're notified every other week when new episodes are released. We'll see you in two weeks.